Hello, and thank you very much for tuning in to BIP Chat. And um, my goal and my pressure is mm -hmm. to keep you really engaged in this, listening to this for the next 30 minutes. And we're very selective about the people that we bring into the podcast. And what we are very, very choosy about is that we are very certain that by the time you get to the end of listening to this, it will have had some impact on you because there's a multiple of things you could listen to. So that is my pressure. I really think I'm going to be able to deliver it. So it's Penny Power here, Penny and uh, Penny and Thomas Power, you may know as us. And we've been certainly working in the online world since 1998 when we created the first social network for business owners. And what we learned there was very critical to us. And that is that whilst we all chase down our clients, and that's very important, one of the most critical ingredients in all of our business is what suppliers we work with. And so three years ago, Thomas and I decided let's create a community of amazing experts and let's cut out some of the time wasting that happens for people when they're looking, for, wanting to look for good people that can have an impact on their business. And as a result of that, we've got 100 um, experts. We're just under it at the moment. 100 experts covering a multitude of diverse expertise, all that's going to impact all things that are going to impact a business and their growth. And um, so we bring BIP chat to you. Um, so that you can get exposed to another amazing supplier that can have an impact. So I'm going to be introducing you to Beju Selenki in a minute, somebody we have known for well over 15 years and have experienced firsthand, but not only that, have experienced hearing the impact that he has on other people. And we're going to be talking about basically high performance and how do you get better performance out of yourself and your teams. So I'm going to come back to that in a minute. But first of all, business is personal is what we're talking about here. Um, so BIP stands for business is personal. It's the juxtaposition of someone saying to you or said to me, Penny, it's not personal, it's just business. That was the most gut-wrenching experience for me, actually. And it was a real pivotal turn in my life, not only because the person that said it to me was a new investor in a business that I'd started. And I ended up going into hell through that whole period with that investor. So I really want to get across the philosophy that business is personal and we're allowed to make it personal. Emotional intelligence in organizations is a very important part of a, an, uh, an organization's assets. And I think we all know that it's one of the growth areas, particularly in AI world now. If we don't have emotional intelligence embedded into ourselves and give ourselves permission for that, we're really going to be in trouble as well as within our organization. So talking about that, what is more personal than making sure that we introduce you to suppliers, not only that have the right expertise, but also have the values. And the values that we seek in people, apart from the skills and the expertise they have, is that they're open, very transparent, very honest, and have the values of kindness. And I think that is a layer on top of being a supplier that's really critical because it means that they really do want to have impact because they have that inner voice that says, apart from the money, apart from the transaction that I need, I really want to be kind to this person, listen to them, understand them, have an impact. So enjoy listening to this interview now with Beiju, uh, which I'm really excited about. So Beiju runs on Spirit Global. And you can see if you're watching this rather than listening to it, the banners behind it, all about change your game. And um, Beiju, you've dedicated your life at being a, a really top speaker and running um, training and coaching for organizations and the impact you have. Um, tell me a little bit more about that. What's been your journey to really realize that this is this is what you are brilliant at? 
Thank you, Penny, for that introduction. And um, just want to say, yes, we have known each other for close on 15, 16 years. You were the first, Academy was the first network I sort of embarked upon when I started my small business journey at the age of 37. So I'm not a traditional entre entrepreneur. My first an academic by by birth, by trade, you know, going to yeah. university and I studied psychology and I was a psychology lecturer for four or five years. And I studied sports psychology, as did a master's in sports psychology. But when I did it, it was very, very new in the world. So even the, the elite sports people saw it as a bit of a, a you know, pseudoscience and not. So it was very really risky. And then I ended up in corporate sales and I ended up being there for nine years. So I've done the academic world. I've done the corporate world and now doing the sort of entrepreneurial world. And and uh, I haven't looked back since I left my my uh, job and started my own business. Um, and my as a psychologist, the, the, the premise of psychology is the study of human behavior. The psychology in itself is really just about proving or disproving hypotheses. But so how can you apply that into the real world? We want we want as human beings to be the best versions of ourselves. So if we don't study human behavior for the purpose of improving ourselves, what's the point? And a lot of people think of psychology in the psychiatry world, whereby psychology is only relevant to um, to understand abnormalities or help mental illness, as opposed to yeah. if someone's okay or nothing so bad, how can psychology help? Where psychology sometimes comes into the sort of the, the medical field. So my whole thing is actually just because you're okay doesn't mean you shouldn't explore the psychology of humans because there's clues there about how you can be better. And we we fall into the trap when we grow up into our formative years. Then you go into the workplace and school, and then we we settle into a world where either we're a business person or we're an employee, or we become a parent. We create an identity, and then. We have a narrative, mm. narrative. And then why does mental illness come? Because the biggest surprise in the Western world is that we're surprised with change. We, 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 you know, any change, whether it's relationships or business or economy, we act as if like that's never happened before. And we, we don't, we don't cope with that. So my health, what is performance is understanding what's in the way of performance. And that's part of my, my sort of, um, uh, work that I do so that's sort of yeah. I really love that actually because I think you're right I never until 2018 considered going to see a psychologist for example it wasn't until I thought actually I'm really burnt out and creating lots of limiting beliefs and things and and what a mistake to wait till then to understand how my mind worked and how I was limiting myself but what I'm also learning, which is really interesting, is I was talking, talking to a burnout coach the other day because I've got three clients that are sort of a bit in that stage. And I wanted to see if I could find an expert in burnout. And, and she was saying that so many people, when they burn out, they limit, and this must happen in corporates all the time, they limit their themselves for fear of burnout again. It's like they've broken their legs, so they're frightened of running again. So I think you're so right. If we don't really understand ourselves, we how can we ever perform at our best? So, yeah. um, and I'm hoping anybody listening to this will realize this is a subject relevant to everyone. I mean, so yeah. if I was interviewing an SEO expert, you might say, well, I don't think I really want to learn about that, but for goodness <laughs> sake, this is relevant to us yeah. all. So um, now the sort of people that you love working with, I you've got a diverse, because you go into corporates and I think you've had a, a long career working in the corporates with this, also business owners and entrepreneurs. But the critical thing is, you know, where are they when they think I need Beiju? What is going on that they think, right, I've got to bring him in? You know, 
when we do, why do we do anything, right? We are, we want to do, you know, if you ask, the hardest question people can't answer is, what do you want? And when you dig a little bit, the surface answer is, well, financial freedom. You know, I want to have financial freedom so I can do what? Well, travel, I can buy this, I can do that. So, and then it's like, okay, well, what does that actually, um, and do we know people who are mega rich and happy? Yes. Do we know people who are mega rich and unhappy? Yes. Do we know people who are broke and happy? Yes. Do we know people who are broke and not happy? Yes. So <laughs> I concede, but ma- ha- money does buy you an element of happiness. But also you and I, me, you and me know a lot of rich people that there's a point where money doesn't make the difference right and so i work with people who are on the surface successful right the outside world would look at them and think well what's your you ain't got no problems and then when you start digging deeper they're not happy or content or satisfied or at peace whatever it is for them i was recently speaking at a conference where there was business owners who are running companies turning over between five and 30 40 50 million and i do this little exercise and i talk about performance what is performance the formula is potential minus interference what's in the way to reach your potential right so then there's two types of interference there's the interference that we think is oh the the interference is i haven't got enough money i haven't got the staff i haven't got the resources i haven't got the talent i haven't got the skills so i haven't got the qualification so if i had that my life will be happy right or i would get success but the interference I deal with, it what goes in inside. So I put, I said, then I, I literally put on this sort of interactive thing. I said, what's your interference? Fear of failure, fear of losing, imposter syndrome, um, uh, wanting to be liked. And all the stuff they put in there is completely within their control and their story. Right? Yeah, really so then true. you say, then you start to break that down. By having that interference, what is not available to you and they say ah oh, i avoid the conversation mm-hmm. so if you so there's one example we had last week penny right at this conference mm-hmm. there's one lady what what's your interference she goes wanting to be liked i said okay wanting to be liked what's that preventing you doing she goes having this conversation with someone because it's not a nice conversation and and i said okay i get that so i asked her a simple question i said would you rather be liked or respected and she went respected I said, okay, if you went into that conversation, even though the conversation is not a nice conversation to have because it may be bad news mm-hmm. and you approached it from a point of being a respected business owner, let's say we're sitting here now post-conversation. You've had the conversation to the way that you wanted it. It may not have been nice. So the person might have still been upset or this or that, whatever, but you've let go of wanting to be liked because you've done the professional thing, mm. humanely, morally, ethically, all those parameters. Now tell me what's available. And then she went, oh, we could do this. I could do that. This is open. So all of a sudden, she identified the things that would become available after dealing with the interference. I love that. What's and I talk about the, I talk about the domino impact, right? So when I coach and work with corporates and individuals, they usually identify five, 10 things that need to be addressed. Yeah. Whatever they may be. Some may be within their control, some not be. And I talk about the domino Im- impact. So I say, like, if I gave you a thousand dominoes, and I said, right, I'm going to come back in one day. But in one day, um, all you ha- all I will give you a million pounds if you just take one action 
to make sure every domino is being impacted. What would you spend a day doing? Mm. Oh, just arranging the dominoes. Right. What we don't do in life is arrange our dominoes. Mm. So in coaching, I say, okay, let's find out the 10 things. Now arrange them in such a way. What's the first two dominoes we need to focus on? Nice. Right? And yeah. it could be that conversation. It could be a decision you need to make. It could be doing this one thing that alleviates some of your fear, bringing that person. And then you've got to say, okay, that will create a domino impact that the three, four, five item on your things I've got to do are naturally taken care of because you've done the first one. Yeah, I love that. It's really interesting what you say also about like or respect. <laughs> That's life, isn't it? I mean, I remember quite early on in marriage to Thomas, unfortunately, we've had a 33-year good marriage. But I said to him, sometimes I might not like you. Sometimes I might even struggle to love you. But if I ever lose your respect, if I ever stop respecting you, then I imagine it's game over. Mm. And it to me, respect is just, it's such an important thing when yeah. you're going through on a journey with a relationship with anyone. Exactly. And that, that's the yeah. example for this lady. For some people, it might be trust. For some people, it might be, um, you know, uh, uh, confidence in them whatever it is for you is not the issue the thing is is what holds you back i love that from doing the thing i want a therapy session with you (laughs) that's what i say to people right so so get this right just on that joking when people say this you know it's like therapy of you i think with therapy and counseling is there's a need to understand the cause for something in coaching there's not in coaching we just need to be aware of it and then we're moving forward. Yeah, I know. Right? So I know. I'm not sitting here dealing with the childhood reasons why stuff has no. happened. That's what therapy and counseling does. But we can say, actually, the reason I want to be liked is because um, uh, the idea of not being liked affects my validation. Yeah, yeah. But then you really analyze that. It's actually, no, it's just your story. Because you're assuming if you have bad news to one of your employees, they won't like you. Yeah, I right? know. But but I think that does come, because I'm, I'm a people pleaser and I always want to be liked and I sit on a paranoid I always say I sit on a paranoid fence all the time because my mum was able she had the ability to withdraw love from me if I and I wouldn't even know why so So I want to make a distinction here I want to make a distinction here right I haven't met anybody that doesn't want to be liked right even mass even mass murderers on one level right 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 Right? so so me to sit here and say well don't worry not being liked Mm. That's not the point. The point I'm trying to make here is that need is that overriding you taking the kind of actions that would allow you to perform at your best. Yeah, yeah. I if get it that. is, then there's a conversation to be had. And it's how much you respect yourself because of my my journey. When I'm thinking, and I'm a small business owner, I remember when we started our mastermind groups, and I got everybody to sign a contract for joining. And it was a 12-month contract, and but they were allowed to pay monthly. And this is about four or five years ago. And But I said, you know, if you decide to leave on month five, you are still liable to that contract. And and I remember the first person that, that you know, they weren't playing the game at all, and they decided to leave and everything. And they But they made me, you know, they were basically going to stop us from making the money that we were supposed to make to run that whole mastermind. And I really went back to this respect thing in my head of actually, do I care whether this person likes me or respects me as a business owner? And I thought, no, I want respect. And respect to me is you keep to a contract. And um, and they paid. 
And that's and so I think that it's I know that's not the only subject, but that's that lady who yeah. was struggling with that. It's a really interesting insight because um you said to me, um, you know, that you you have this sort of take people through a formula to understand what excuses they might be having in their life to stop them um, mm. from performing. And is that one of the one of the excuses, for example? Yeah, yeah. I talk about. Um, so once we identify the, the interferences and where's the interference coming from, is it coming from um, uh, an issue around your own self-validation, trust, yeah. confidence? And then in terms of the the formula we say okay well we all have reasons and excuses so i have free mantras in my own life that i i have non-negotiable and i tell it to my clients i'm never late i'm never complain and i'll ne- always do what i say say what i do right and it's all about managing expectations so then i say to people okay give me the reasons why certain things occur or don't occur or what you say excuses and the only thing more powerful than an excuse is a genuine excuse so i destroy the genuine excuse <laughs> so someone might say to me, I can't move on this project until I hire this person. What happens to the brain and your mind is you you don't even consider things you may could yeah. do before that thing occurs. Yeah. You don't even explore it. So and they might say, well, we actually, well, we could do this. We could do that because they're not even going there. So I love to hear the genuine excuse. So let's eliminate that. Mm. eliminate the genuine excuse then what you're left with is just what's inside here stopping you doing stuff yeah, right really good. unless we and then it's not about addressing everything it's about what's the first domino yeah, and yeah. understanding that first domino so when you, you're when you're working with leaders that come to you and i know you've you know i've got some amazing feedback people that have been on your conferences and i heard last week the lady say to you um I learned more in your speech about myself than I have in 20 years, which is, you know, wonderful. Know, yeah, it's amazing. It's amazing. Yeah. Incredibly rewarding. How much do you think when you're talking about the excuses and things, how much is it that people aren't taking personal responsibility? Oh, and... A million percent. I say yeah. to people, right, is there's three things that prevent people taking um, ultimate, have ultimate success, their personal leadership, their, their, their own productivity and their own accountability. So when they're not productive, they find excuses. Sorry, ownership. When they're not ownership, they find excuses. When they're not accountable, they're um, blaming. And when they're not leading, they're spectating. Right? So any given point, so if my team's not performing, the first place I look is what what was my communication? Yeah, yeah. Right? And there's a difference between communication and being in communication. Mm. It's two different things. And a lot of companies and business owners are not in communication. And managing expectations. One of the biggest things that came out of this when I go to conferences is accountability. People aren't accountable. You know, they said they're going to do something and they didn't do it. And they come back with beautiful, gorgeous, sexy excuses. Internet was down. My child was ill. The bus was late. I got really busy. And that's another thing that I address, right? I don't do busy, Penny. So I'm going to ask you a question. Are you a busy person? I've always got time. Yeah, I've always got time. Exactly. But a lot of people, they, they have this thing back where they say, I, I must say I'm busy or I say I'm busy because it gives an indication I'm successful. So off-putting. I'll Rubbish. Say, I, I, I always think if somebody says to me, I'm busy, I, in any way, I, I'm too busy. I think, well, I won't bother you then. Well, Which includes, I, I won't well, give you a referral. Ch- I, well, I, I say won't... two things. I say two things. I say, one, you're not that important to be that busy. <laughs> right number one and two tell me what you're doing when you're busy 
if you're not doing whatever you're supposed to be doing to yeah. for whatever that is, why are you doing it? So either you're, mm-hmm. if it's work, you're speaking to a colleague, you're writing an email, you're developing a report, you're producing content. So you're just doing the thing. And a lot of people, they look at their diary, nine o'clock meeting, 10 o'clock Zoom call, 12, 11 o'clock team meeting, 12 o'clock write the project. Uh, to, so they've got all these things in the hour yeah. and they collapse the day together. Yeah. Look, I've had a busy day. I know. Well, no, this morning to my day today, I went to the gym, came back between nine and 10. I wrote some content. 10 o'clock, I had a call. 11 o'clock, I replied some emails. 12 o'clock, I, I you know, um, did some calls. Yeah. One o'clock with you. Yeah. I've got another call at 2 30. Then I've yeah, got one yeah. at four. If you looked at my day, busy day, no, I'm just doing what I'm doing. No, I know. And you're working through it. You're not actually overlapping all the time. And I think that's about how we structure. So from a leader's point of view, so if a leader was listening and they're a leader of themselves, they might be a sole trader or they're a leader of a business or their own business or they're a leader in an organization. And they know that something's not at its best. They're just frustrated. They've got resources. They've got their own internal resources. They've got everything. They've got just not working do you help them identify then where the where where it is because i suppose a lot of people say we just need to sell them up send them on a sales training course or and they start layering more skills on top but i think i'm hearing that a lot of the reasons people don't perform is is not about the skills it's their own stuff it's their own stuff so first thing i do is what are you not doing so i look at the leader and say okay they're not performing right where's your follow-up where's your accountability how have you set up uh, expectations do Mm. they uh uh, have you explained to them what success looks like? And are, on the, are they on the same hymn sheet as you? Mm-hmm. Right. And the difference between a business owner or a leader and an employee is a difference between measuring inputs and outputs. So you'll get an employee measure. They want the, they want to be measured on the inputs. I've done it. I've done 40 hours. I've written seven, seven emails. I've attended all these meetings. So they yeah. talk about the things they've been doing yeah. as the entrepreneur leader. Well, what's the outputs? So the, there's a misalignment with the accountability conversation. And then there's frustration. Well, I've worked really hard. I've made those calls. What can I do if nothing's happening? And they want, well, how many sales have you done? How many pieces of content did you, you know, uh, have been sent out and stuff? So there's a difference there. So you're right. The, when I look at a leader, if their team's not performing, the first place I look is them. Yeah, and yeah. they might not like to hear this, but what are the things that you are not doing that actually gives your team the opportunity to be at their best. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, very, very powerful. So um, you you do speaking. I know you're a highly demanded speaker. Um, and you do, you know, deep dive into teams. Um, how, how does it work? Do you, have, you know, is it quite quick? Is it sort of... So quite illuminating, quite fast, actually. Tell you what's quick is the realisation of where they need to pay attention. Right. That's the quick bit. Oh, yeah. yeah. Do you know what? I've been avoiding conversations. So the light bulb's gone on. The light bulb. And then it's about, okay, there's a process involved. And it's not about overwhelm. Then whether that's a a coaching intervention, a training intervention, it could could be different for different people. But we can't expect... A typical leader might be between 30 and 50 years old, right? 55 years old or 60, right? So you can't expect someone who's got 20, 30, 40 years of doing certain things in a certain way to change overnight. You know, there's inbred behaviors, the inbred opinions about how certain things work, right? And they have a rhetoric around um, uh, what performance is. And then when you start to hold a mirror up, actually, 
um, this is not working. And it's about the clean communication. It's about holding people accountable. It's about managing expectations. And it's about understanding what success looks like. My background is in sports psychology. So if you look at the distinction between sport and business, there's a massive distinction that explains why there's so much confusion in business. In sport, what success looks like is very simple. In football, more goals. In cricket, more runs or wickets. In, In golf, fewer shots. In tennis, sets, right? So they don't go in the change room and talk about, what should we do today, guys? Score more goals. Oh, yeah, whatever. What they talk about is the strategy and the tactics. But in business, they don't even know what success looks like. And it could be several heuristics, 30 million pound, X number of clients, um, a number of engagements on social, whatever. So once we know what success looks like, the conversation now is everything you're doing in any given moment, is it making the boat go faster? Mm. That's all. So yeah, if you're yeah. a like you're a you're a community organization, right? Your whole yeah. thing is about recruiting members of the right ilk. That means that the community grows, right? So any given moment, you have two rhetorics: one to get the right members in, yeah. and to serve the current members. That's it. So any given moment, is this activity serving one of those two things? So when you're doing these chats, I'm serving the community because I'm helping this individual position, and other people are going to get educated. Absolutely. When you do the lunches, you're giving people an opportunity to understand what the, the thing's about, uh, to then have a conversation around whether they join or not. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And sometimes there's so much noise around strategic alliances and this and that. They don't mean, they don't understand I the know. stuff. No, I agree. Well, it's about really, like you said, I mean, you've got, I like your four values. Do you want to just say what they are? Because the first one is pretty critical to that. Well, growth, excellence, simplicity, collaboration. Yeah. And how does that show up, Right. So for me, um, uh, two things people chase. No, two people. Two things people want: money and time. One thing, one of them they chase, and one yeah. they abuse. Yeah, they chase money, and anything we chase, we know runs away. And we abuse time by being late for stuff. Yeah, no. right. And then they say they're busy. So I have this thing around: if you focused on making sure you manage your diary and expectations by saying no more not overstretching yourself during the day, you'll get more done, you'll upset less people, you'll upset yourself and the pressure's less. So for me, the pressure of um, what I need to do during the day is off because I manage my my diary in that way. But a lot of people try and do too much. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So this thing which I really love, this um, what's your interference, love that. Um, and there's some common types. So is that, do you always find it's the same six same. things that fear, come up? Fear of fear of failure, fear of losing, uh, right. wanting to be liked, um, imposter syndrome. Right. Um, uh, what is it? Uh, not knowing my potential. It's yeah. all the same sort of stuff. It's all, all the, the same, same stuff. Uh, yeah. And do you know what yours is? Uh, it, thing is, again, it's con- sometimes it's contextual and situational. Sometimes yeah, it's fear yeah. of failure. Sometimes it's fear of success. Sometimes it is the fact that, um, you know, I, I used to be someone who wanted to be liked and respected mm. and it was in the same breath. And then when I let go of being wanting to be liked, mm. that my coaching went through the roof because all of a sudden the way I deliver my my training and coaching, okay. if I couldn't deliver it, if I had the background need to be liked. Cause... Well, you are yourself. I mean, you have a whole story about that when you met Thomas yeah. the first time, but that, yeah. 
I think it's so important that people just feel they can be who they are. Yeah. And, you know, your brand, and we witness this inside the community, is brutal honesty, that real yeah. tough love, you could call it. But yeah. Um, yeah. And, and I think that is so powerful. You're not just, you're not sycophantic about things. You just, this I is, say, is it, Yeah, yeah. Yeah, and and the thing is, and that's not come overnight, Penny. That's I have to learn that where I might have been a bit like you know held back a little bit in terms of the way I because when I look at what stops people being their true best self, it's the stuff that's going on in their head. Uh So my job is to eliminate that. So what's now you are your best? What is available? I will I will go and have that conversation. I will start that project. I will go and raise that money. Mm. and the thing that they think stopping them is not happening because of the stuff in their head yeah yeah very very powerful i love this and i love you know i mean everything at the moment is how do we save money but make money you know and and if you've got a workforce who's just not productive don't just send them all skills training courses because you're just no yeah you know a lot of my stuff is about i said when i go into training and coaching i say you're going to unlearn a lot of stuff. Yeah, yeah. You know, you're not. This is not going out with more layers of training. What an amazing gift for a company to give to their staff, because you know, um, self awareness is so powerful. When you actually understand yourself and then choose to develop yourself from that, um, have you? Do you feel most people are susceptible to self development? Some people resist it. What did you have a grasp well, the, of that? So, 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 you what we look at, what we have to look at is why do they resist it? They resist it for fear of what it could uncover, yeah, and what it could, and also there's a there's a level of um, intellectual ignorance, meaning I know what it uncover, and I'm not, I don't want to go there. I'm fine. Yeah. So why would I? Well, everybody knows how to lose weight and get more healthier, right? Oh but they don't want to go through the hard work around the food and going to the gym, even though it's not, you don't need any intelligence because there's pain of the, not the immediate result and the pain itself can't be bothered. You know, humans aren't, aren't, aren't built to thrive. We're only built to survive. What's the minimum we can do to get away with living, right? We're lazy by nature. So that's why this stuff that we do here, the PD world exists to pull out the stuff. That's why Tony Robbins does what he does and we all do what we do. That's mm-hmm. a, you know, if it was easy, we'd just do one personal development course and we're sorted. Oh, I think that's so powerful. We're built to survive, not to thrive. We are. You know, the caveman is all day, when they woke up, just go and get food and get shelter. No, that's know, all we've got to do. What a lovely life. No, that sounds awful, doesn't it? Well, you say that. I'll give you I'll give you the example. When I was... When, about seven, eight years ago, business wasn't great. It was horrible. And I used to go, there was like two or three cafes around South End, like where I live, go to. And there's one in Tesco's, right? Nice little cafe. Went there, just did work or whatever. And I remember the one time I was walking out of Tesco. This is before the self-service tills. You get pe- the you know ladies and men on the on the tills. And there was one lady. She was happy as Larry, right? She loved it. She I was chatting to the customers. She was coming, oh, you eat? What's this like? Is this really good? You know, oh, be, she's be, my be, type of woman. Right? And yeah. I looked at her and I thought, do you know, she's probably on minimum wage, right? She might be a housewife. She might be, you know, main, her main breadwinner or not. I don't know. But all I do know is, is sometimes, and it's not, a, it's not being patronizing. It's saying to have ambition and do what, do so, always want more 
There's nothing. There's no. There's nothing proud about that. Oh, I know. He's, I remember. He's probably happy, earning oh, a thing, enjoying, and to be able to do something which has that level of satisfaction. Oh, I'm can, be, it can be quite a um a, a nice place to be. Yeah, no, I'm absolutely with you on that. And Luke Johnson said it. I can't remember his book. Is it Startup or something? I can't remember the guy who bought the first Pizza Express and then scaled it. Yeah. Said ambition is a curse. It is, but we all we need it. Otherwise, we're not going to evolve and innovate and everything as a society. But um, yeah, I mean, if we can find, we had went out for dinner last night. We're just for anybody not used to this background. We're in Portugal with one of our other members, looking at running a bit retreat, um, and doing some reconnaissance. And we're out for dinner, and we just debated for about three hours the subject of contentment, and. But it's not good for society. So we're gonna, you know, if we all just became suddenly very content. Is it? Is it's, we're in this? We're in this world, so you know. And what I think you're doing is obviously you're helping leaders perform. You know, help their teams perform. But what you're actually giving to the core of the business is is context for everybody to be able to be more settled with who they are and yeah. how they can develop themselves. Which 100%. I think is you know this is so holistic in an organisation what you're doing because it's obviously helping the leaders and all their pressures, but they're helping their workforce actually unpack because nobody likes not to hit the targets, perform well, be you're helping them to unpack it. And I absolutely love it. And um, yeah. So Beju, um, let me just, for anybody that's listening to this rather than um, seeing it, if you would like to have a chat with Beju, um, contact Thomas or I on LinkedIn Um that's pretty easy to be able to do. And we'll introduce you with pleasure to Beiju. But you can find Beiju on LinkedIn. Um, Beiju is spelled B-A-I-J-U. And then Solenki is S-O-L-A-N-K-I. Solenki. Um, and but where's your what's your website? It's on Spirit Global, isn't it? Uh, or Bejusolenki.com. Um oh, on Spirit Global, but also um I have lots of satellite websites. You know, I've got a scorecard, right. I've got my book website. So yeah. You know, um, it's not like one place. Scorecard's great. Scorecard's score, great. Yeah, change, so the change your game scorecard, it allows people. So life's a game. For me, there's three games that we just conquer. The inner game, which goes in here. The game plan, the strategy we we create for our lives. And the outer game, which is the consistent of actions. So right, the scorecard right. measures your strength in those three games. Wow. And that's just a free thing to be able to take. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah I can send and where you do you, which website do they find that link? Changeyourgamescorecard.com. Change your game scorecard.com. But again, contact Thomas or I if yeah. you would like that link. Um, absolutely fantastic. Thank you so much for this time. I'm really inspired. I'm really going to think about what's my interference. I think that's um, really clever, but all of it, I just love it. So, a real pleasure to be advocating you with absolute genuine awareness of you. And, um, and anybody that's listened to this, I hope this has had some value, maybe given you some thoughts about yourself um and you know yeah as uh as beiju says change your inner game that's exactly so it starts it starts from there it starts from there penny thank it you so much for your time you. and the opportunity oh it's lovely thank you very much